Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show on the talkzone.com. The big dog and a coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. An absolutely gorgeous day here in the fine city of Chicago. Besides the coach, that's me and the big dog. We will have producer extraordinaire David Olson, assistant producer semi extraordinaire Randy Myers, and of course, our cast of non English speaking interns who assist us, and I use the term assist in the loosest sense of the term. Lots of sports to talk about, but first let me introduce my partner, a man who had the sophomore jinx in high school and unfortunately it carried all the way through his junior year in college. That can happen to Big Dog, Joel Radwanski. Big Dog, how are you? Well, uh, obviously not so good because I thought I had a pretty good <laughs> high school and college, but apparently not. Yeah, I actually stole that line somewhat from my son, uh, we went to the Cubs game yesterday, watching uh-huh. Giovanni Soto play, and he had a great game last night. Let's hope it's breakout baseball. Boy, would that be big if Soto starts hitting consistently for the Cubs. But he made the comment about something like he had the sophomore jinx, and that was about four years ago. Yeah, he's he's actually an even-number player. Like, in even-number years, he's been really good. In 08 mm. and in 2010, he was, yeah, whatever. What did he do in 2010, Coach? I don't have the stats in front of me. He had a really good season. He had like 280 with with 18 homers. I don't know about that. But in oh, and in the even, I mean, what do you call it? In oh nine and eleven, he was abysmal, horrible. So that's why we were expecting a big year as a Cubs fan. Mm -hmm. It's an it's an even number year. We expected 280, 15 homers. It doesn't look like it so far, coach. Uh Well, maybe this will be a big bounce back year. Yesterday's game was good. We'll talk about that. I made a rare, rare, rare appearance at the Cubs game. Want to thank our good listener Smith Barney Steve for setting me up with the tickets. But more importantly, Big Dog, where, who, when, and where were you with last night? Any trouble you got into? What's happening in the world of the Big Dog? I was, uh, I was on my couch writing a blog and uh, and connecting with the world of Twitter. Uh, you know, Coach, this this Twitter, I cannot believe I've waited this long to get into Twitter. I've only been on it about, yeah. well, uh, I guess it was game three of the Blackhawks series against Phoenix is when I started doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, people, I mean, I only have 150 followers, but that's 150 since game three. You know, and it's, it's going extremely well. I'm cracking up every day I'm on here. I, I am not kidding. I'm getting all my news from Twitter because there's so many different connections. Oh, there's so-and-so. It's pretty good, Coach. Yeah, it's real good, actually. And I, I, along with you, have, uh, you know, about the same time as you, I've, I've gotten semi-addicted to the Twitter world from the encouragement, the push, and the slight turn and cough probing of our producer, David Olson. David Olson, yeah, he's made, David Olson basically, if I'm going to actually yes. produce for you, knucklehead, you're going to have to promote yourself. Yes. And we're not, we're, we're not narcissistic. As a matter of fact, it bothers me that you put us down so much. I don't want you putting us down because we're not uh, – sports is not exactly splitting the atom, Coach, so I don't think you should knock us. Oh, we're the – I don't know, the whatever. You act like we don't know as much as the regular sports think, guys, which is a BS. Okay? Yeah. 
You're right about that. And, and I think psychologically when I do that, Big Doe, we talked about this before, both on air and off. Uh, you know, I do that psychologically because we're still the underrated show here, still don't trying to fight our way yourself. up. To... Don't say that about me because I don't feel that way about myself. Whatsoever. Well, we're underrated. I say underrated. What the implied underrated and underrated is, is that, that you're good. And I've never doubted, and you know that right from the get-go. I have never doubted the fact that the two of us, despite the fact, and again, I'm sure some psychologist could explain why I put us down all the time, but I've never doubted the fact that the two of us could do better than 50 to 75% of the people that are doing sports talk radio on some other major stations. Yeah, I, I had, uh, I, I've had a little bit of a chat to ask lately. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> like the last day or two. Okay. So I, I really don't want like to be hearing you today, like, oh, like semi-expert, all that. I don't want to yeah, any of that stuff. I, hear you. Okay, I know that's part of my stick a little bit. Yep. But to be quite honest, I really do think over the next couple months, we're going to actually start booming. Our mm-hmm. show's going to start booming. So I don't want you portraying me as an idiot. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, because we have a hard enough time as it is, is yeah. all I'm asking. Well, you know, Big Doe, you know that I am your biggest fan, and I've always been impressed on the fact that you keep your sense of humor. You've got the sports jack knowledge, but you also can throw in unbelievable amount of uh, minutia trivia as well as connectivity of some intelligence on politics and, and, and the world level as well. And it's a unique well, combination. Well, I'm your number one fan, Big Dumb. Could you, could you hold on a second? Because I'm watching uh, Ancient Aliens, the third Reich right now. i got to catch this <laughs> moment of the show, Coach. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Dog and the coach here, you want to check in, throw some kudos our way. It sounds like we need an insult more than kudos today, but either yeah, way, yeah. 888-463-6748, the Twitter world, the Facebook world. The only concern, Big Dog, and Twitter, you know, it's like, it's like alcohol, it's like nicotine, there is an addiction to it, and you gotta be careful a little bit of getting too lost into the Twitter world and step back and uh-huh. say, what, what am I really accomplishing the last hour I spent on Twitter? I, I completely understand. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I do realize that this is not going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to sit here on Twitter. But I, I think David is right. I have to get to like a, a build up some sense of a following and build momentum from it. That's what we both need to do. And I completely agree with you there. But it's so much better than Facebook or all this other stuff because you only have one picture, okay, and you don't have this whole thing that somebody can spend like – Five weeks on it, building some presentation on their Facebook page, and then, you know what I mean? It, and then all these other, it's like you can manipulate Facebook and all these other websites. All it is is you have 140 characters to try to say something smart. Yep. It's completely, that is, and you know what, Coach? You and I have a little bit of an advantage there over other, like a lot of other people, because that's basically all we do is one-liners. So mm-hmm. in some way, this, is, this has got to be our form. When people read the stuff that we write, they might be like, hey, that's pretty funny, and then they'll want to hear the show. So if people are listening now, you're like, well, why don't you start saying some of those one-liners? We're sorry. We appreciate it. But this is <laughs> Coach and I have been together for a long time, if you're new to this program, a very long time. And we've gone through different phases, and we finally come to the realization that we now must promote ourselves because we – I don't think anybody else is going to do it for us. Yeah. yeah, it took us 10 years to figure that out. Some people might say, you know, what the hell is wrong with you, 10 years – yeah, self-promotion is uh, second to self-flagellation among some of the great things you can do, Big Dog, but a distant second, by the way, I might add. Um, now, uh, David Olson, second to the Twitter theory. Now, I just, uh, this year, man, the Big uh-huh. Dog's alter ego, ego. No, no, that is my ego. 
That is your ego. Thank you very much. He tweeted out about the show, call in, you know, our show is on. I retweeted that to my listeners. That's a good thing to do, correct? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I just retweeted it out uh, not 30 seconds ago. Okay. So. so your tweet, Big Dog, you got 150 followers, just went to David Olson's near 1,000 and my near 500. So we just uh, uh, doubled, tripled, quadrupled the output, my friend. You know, and, and for the first time in my life, I, I don't feel inadequate that I finished in last place. <laughs> You've been a Cubs fan for 39 years. By the way, 40th birthday coming up in September. Folks, stick around this summer. We'll be announcing the exciting. I just had to pause to say that. The exciting details of the Big Dog's 40th birthday. But you've been a Cubs fan for uh, 39 years, Big Dog. So finishing last, unfortunately, not territory that unfamiliar. Let's, uh, let's, let's be honest. The Cubs have not finished in last place that often. Yeah, you're right. They, that, that's the problem. They've been mired in mediocrity. Normally, the Cubs are are seventy four and eighty eight, and they're—I mean, let's face it—the Pirates are in last place. They've been in the same division as the Pirates since well, since before ninety four. But mm-hmm. the Pirates have been in last place since nineteen ninety four. So, but you do have a point. They never win. By the way, and I do want to talk. I'm used to it, and and I'm used to getting beat up and and defeated, but I I don't stand for it anymore. Well, good. And and you know what? The current cast of Cubs isn't standing for it too much anymore either. Nine and six over their last 15 games. Want to talk about the uh, beloved Cub? We got a big baseball round them up and wrap them up today. We got Bulls playoff game against the Sixers, 8.30 tonight. Stay up late, folks. Mm -hmm. It's like a West Coast game, but uh, we'll definitely talk about those. We'll jump off the sports page as well. By the way, there is a rumor, Big Dog, as they were dismantling the Marilyn Monroe statue last night. Uh-oh. That apparently the left thigh is missing. And there are some rumors that Tony Camp, a guy looking like Tony Campana, was seen running away with it. Well, well Just a rumor. But, you know, can't confirm it yet, but there is a rumor. Because uh, there was actually a rumor that it was actually Eddie Curry who took it, and then somebody said running away with it, and then they realized Eddie Curry doesn't run. <laughs> Wouldn't get very far, huh? No, he wouldn't. No. Yeah, but there was the dismantling of the Marilyn Monroe statue, which I know for you that you work downtown on a semi-regular basis. Uh, that statue became ad nauseum for you, did it not? Yeah, well, I, I walked by. I walked by that little plaza a lot that, yep. that it was on. So yeah, it was. No, it wasn't ad nauseum. I, mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. It was okay. just cool. I would get to see. Oh, look, there's uh, there's 57 Asian people with uh, cameras taking. <laughs> 800 pictures. It was, uh-huh. I mean, seriously, you just walk by that, and legitimately there was this tourist from Japan and China just napping away, napping away. <laughs> and I guarantee you more people from the city of Hong Kong enjoyed the Marilyn Rose statue in the city of Chicago than Chicagoans did. I will guarantee that, Coach. Yeah. I'll, I'll write it down as a fact. Yeah, probably right. Probably right. And this is coming but from a man who... Uh, giving tours nearby on the Chicago River at waterwriters.com, the big dog currently. Today would be a prime day to do it, I would imagine. Take your last look oh, at the Marilyn Monroe statue and get a tour on the uh, the river. Absolutely. If you contact me now, I will give you a special rate for a personal, uh, a personal guide on the river because we don't have anything scheduled today, folks. So if you contact me at... Uh, this year, man, on Twitter or whatever, or just call into the show, I will give you a special rate for however big a group that you want to go out on the river with today because we have nothing now, scheduled. Just this so people don't get the wrong idea, are you talking about like a, a 1v1 trip? 
Well, uh, well, it depends. Exactly. I'll give you a rate. So depending on how many people you have, you will get a ridiculously low rate for a tour okay. is what I'm saying to you if you I'm want to go out there. The way he's talking, David, the way he's making it sound, the only guy that might call up might be an out-of-work secret service agent at this point. I well, think, that I think would be we fine to... because I actually have a Colombian chick who actually <laughs> uh, is the hostess. <laughs> She's not the one with the mostest, so you do not don't talk back to her. Whatever you do, don't blab. Don't tell her anything. Okay, coach. Oh, I think they've learned that one already. All right, so maybe not. Yes, David. I'm being serious too. Thank you. Please, coach. I'm trying to make Wait, hold money on. here. Hold on, David Olson's got a yes, David. I'm actually going to come down for a tour this Saturday. Oh heck yeah! Serious? Heck yeah, that... yeah, Saturday morning. I'm Are you go. requesting the big dog? Of course. Yeah, I'll, the... I'll be working this Saturday, so it's all good. Wow, bringing the kids. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my kid. Bring the kids in the kayak. Why not? Big dog. This is my time to get away. Oh, so a solo trip. Exactly. Interesting. Big dog. We haven't talked about this. Waterriders.com via the kayak. We'll get the Cubs news here in just a second, folks. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Sports talk and more here on the two guys at a mic show right now. What's the more on the kayak tours? Big dog. Are um, kids allowed and or encouraged? Uh, people that are not going to drown are extremely encouraged to come out. So okay. we don't want kids out there that um, don't behave properly and do as told is the best way mm-hmm. I can tell you. Good point. Like I, I've, I've had 10-year-old kids. I've actually had a 5-year-old kid in the front of a double. And I'm like to the mom, do you really? She's like, this kid will be fine. I'm like, okay. And this, his name is Paulie, and this kid comes out once a week. Okay, and then there's other 12-year-old kids that I would never even have go near the that boat. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's totally up to the intelligence le- intelligence level of the child and the the, con- mm-hmm. the control factor of the parent and me over the situation. So it, I really can't give you a, a number on that. Excellent. So it's really just the maturity of the child. Excellent. All right, we're taking care of business here at the top of the show. The big dog, a man of many venues here. Real quick before we move on now, you had mentioned last night some quality time you and the couch Writing the blog, two questions for you, my friend. The topic of today's blog at this year, man, and where can the folks read this quality literature? Well, just go to <laughs> thisyearman, thisyearman.com. And uh, last, yesterday's blog is unlike any other blog. Normally my blog is like editorial type stuff. I wouldn't say it's edited well, but it's, you know, it's more like my opinion. But yesterday was just I, I wanted to get something out there because I need an uh, – uh, I need some extras for uh, somebody saw the This Year Man stuff and they, they want to back it. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much they want to back it. But uh, we're filming something on Thursday, so I need some extras dressed up in White Sox stuff on Thursday. Interesting. So a chance for any of our listeners, uh, you got to have a little spare time on a Thursday afternoon, morning, or evening? It's going to be 4 p.m. 4 p.m. And some people that, uh, you know, have always... Wanted to appear in film. We're not going to promise MGM in a blockbuster movie, but uh, a possibility, a chance to be in a movie, maybe get discovered, and uh, certainly have the fun, the joy, and the thrill of meeting Joel Radwanski. This Thursday, 4 o'clock, where would they show up? And don't, and well, don't... You would contact, contact me, because I'm not just telling people where to show up, but it would be downtown. A, you would have to go downtown. Okay. So you have to contact me if you want right. to get involved. With Very good. Very good. We got all the business out of the way, Doug. Uh, yeah, I hope so. So check out thisyearman.com, people. 
Beautiful. Cubs 5, L.A. Dodgers 1. Start off with a little baseball. We'll get to basketball. A couple other topics on the docket as well. Cubs played extremely well, big dog. Uh, I was at the game. Brian LaHare continues to be the man. He hit it his first at bat, first pitch straight to center field, about 399 feet. The fence is 400, folks. That close. Next time up, home run. He got the Cub off and started, and Jeff Samarja was outstanding again. Um, we're not saying they're going to win the World Series, dog, but their Cubs showing a little bit of spark and likability as a ball club. Oh, without a doubt, they've got uh, a spark and likability. It, it's really easy to like a club that, that hustles and plays smart. That's because if they don't do that, you can't like a club whatsoever. Uh, the, the, those are the two big stories of the year, two that you brought up in, in yesterday's game. <clears throat> the biggest thing that we had to find out this year was could some of the young guys play. Well, right now, Brian LeHare is the best first baseman in the National League. Through a little bit over one-sixth of the season, you can say that's not much, but still, the Cubs have the best first baseman in the National League so far. Hopefully he can continue to perform at a level near what he's at, because let's face it, he's not going to finish up hitting, uh, you know, he's not going to hit 48 home runs with, uh, and hit 390. That's not going to happen. If he does, the Cubs have themselves a superstar. And the other thing is Samarja. When this year is said and done, how good Jeff Samarja is, I think, really tells how successful the Cubs season is, almost in a way, Coach. Because like, if, he, if he ends up being like a guy that you're like, okay, well, at best he's a number four starter, then it's like kind of like a disappointment. But if, no matter what the Cubs' record is, at the end of this year, if they have Matt Garza, have – I have Jeff Samarja, and Jeff Samarja is as good as Matt Garza is going into next year, and they actually get something for Dempster in a big-time trade at the break. All of a sudden, 2013 looks like it could be, you know, instead of going into the season being like, you know, how many games are we going to win? Let's bring up youngsters. Hopefully it's like, hey, we're in the National League Central, and the best team in this league with the most talent is the Reds, and, and Dusty Baker's their manager, so we have a shot. You know, that's that's what that's what I'm hoping Jeff Samarja mm-hmm. can do this year. Are you here to deny the Randy Wells for Justin Verlander rumors, by the way? Uh, I'm not here to deny them. I'm here to inflame them. The, the only problem is that <laughs> we'd have to do a heck of a lot of inflaming, Coach. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there, see if we okay. can catch a spark. But, uh, yeah, hey, things are looking good. Ryan Dempster on the mound today looking for his first victory, and I – Put on a Twitter, somebody asked, do you think Dempster will get his first win? I said, well, Carlos Marmol pitched yesterday. It means he's not pitching today, so I think it's a great chance for Dempster to get his first win. You know, Coach, quit ripping on uh, quit ripping on Carlos Marmol. Couldn't resist. Yesterday he walked my dog. <laughs> you would have loved it, big dog. He walked the first two hitters. The fans are booing away. And one guy, I don't know if he had a few beers or not, but uh, it, uh, it looked like a white Cubs jacket right behind the dugout. He's standing up. He's got his right arm or his left arm raised, I think, because Marmol's a righty, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's like, uh, he's got the right arm tapping his left arm, signaling over to the bullpen, like, bring the lefty in, bring the lefty. And I swear, a couple of pitches later, Probably 30 or 40 fans, myself included, all with our arms up like the manager, like tapping our left arm, like, bring the left in, bring the left. We were all ready to yank Marmot, and, of course, uh, happy endings. He actually got out of the inning and pitched pretty well. Uh, I was really happy for him, Coach. I really, As much as I was putting one-liners on the bottom on Twitter, I, I was really pulling for him. That's just like as a Cub fan, just for a fan as a human being, because this guy obviously isn't trying to be bad. 
Okay, he wasn't a pitcher until a couple of years ago. So, and so I was really pulling that he, he, you know, get it done, and he did. And my goodness, that's the Marmol roller coaster. That's all it is. When you watch him in the game, it's about to get exciting. Is all I'm about to say. Yeah, MLB yeah. Network should just switch that. Just have Marmol cam whenever he comes in the game. Just put the game on because the Cub game just got ten times more exciting than mm-hmm. it should be. Well, that kind of excitement we don't need. Thank you very much. No. But James Russell did close the door five to Jane one. Russell? James Russell got the. Oh. Uh, I thought it was Jane Russell. <laughs> Not Jane. I got the Marilyn Monroe Jane Russell visual going on. Uh, James Russell with the uh, the close. Gio Zavante Soto also hit a home run. Ian Stewart. Matter of fact, if you're watching, dog, LaHare, and then Ian Stewart, and who's after Stewart? They almost went back to back to back. A couple of feet from three homers in a row. Who was batting after Stewart? Uh, Reed Johnson. Uh, it was Reed Johnson. Okay. And he hit a, a a shot to left center field, and I was I was tweeting at the time. I don't there won't be three in a row. Reed Johnson's at bat right when I stunted. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna look stupid. <laughs> right when I stunted, he hit the rocket in the left center. I was like, oh, I was a bit more than happy to look dumb at that point. Uh-huh. It, it was just good to see uh, like a starting pitcher hand the ball over to a couple relievers and end up getting a W out of it, and and also. Ian Stewart, it's like one day, how, how could he have so many good at-bats and so many bad at-bats? Either he hits the ball really hard or he looks like he's, like he's horrible, Coach. He's, I don't even know what to think about Ian Stewart so far because I know he's had some success at the major league level and he's only like 26. But he, when he looks bad, he looks really like embarrassingly bad, like he's totally baffled at the play. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like I don't even know how to like to give a, an assessment on the guy yet because mm-hmm. obviously he has not performed, but I'm I don't know if I should give up on him yet. Yeah, he hasn't had the best of luck too. Uh, not that I've watched yeah. a ton of you know Ian Stewart or Chicago Cub baseball, but he's hit the ball hard a lot of times at people. I've got a mm-hmm. slightly higher level of view of him. I think he's he's got potential. Uh, you know, solid major leaguer. He's obviously biding time until the Cubs groom a young third baseman. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's he's playing a lot better than his his batting average. I think he's hitting the ball fairly decent. I I to be honest, I haven't seen the bad at bats that you've seen. But then again, you've watched more base Cub baseball. You're, than no, I. You're, you're, no, you're exactly right. He's hit the ball hard a lot, coach. He really has hit the ball hard a lot. Uh, and he's and he's hit a right at him. And he's the best defensive third baseman the Cubs have had since Steve Bouchelle. Okay, <laughs> I like Steve <laughs> Bouchelle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, neither do I. Great. You know, his hair wasn't that good, but Steve Boussel was a pretty solid third baseman. By the way, at the Cub game yesterday, for the first time, I did try the brand-new uh, iron-fortified, low-and-saturated-fat buffalo dog, big dog. Okay. Have you How had it? That? Have you had the no, buffalo? I have not had it. All right. I have not had it. Not bad. Not bad. It's got a little bit of a gamey taste, but you can eat the buffalo dog without the guilt of the hot dog, you know me with my cholesterol situational problems, but uh, the buffalo dog, if you cover it up with enough things like the chili, the onion, little ketchup, little mustard, whatever else you can put on it, not a bad alternative. I was, for the most part, pleasantly surprised. So you would put chili and ketchup together? <sighs> That's just me. You know me. I, I like mean, to put as much stuff on a hot dog so I don't actually. Yeah, but the, but, but, but the chili would totally drown out the taste of the ketchup. Yeah, it does, so but the pointless. ketchup, I just put a little ketchup on there. A little mustard, too. 
Yeah, I'm not here to complain about how other people eat. I just, I've just yeah. never, never heard the, 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 actually never heard mustard on the chili dog. Before. It's just, it's, it's just part of my theory of loading up the hot dogs. You actually can't, can't taste the hot dog. That's all part of the, uh, the key, the Chicago dog, big dog, which, uh, by the way, Nathan's, I think I read in the paper today a little battle for the, uh, the NATO conference. No, I'm not NATO. It's the, uh, Chicago Restaurant Association is in town. Uh-huh. I believe. So you may get some tours, uh, Big Dog, uh, of people seriously from the restaurant show. It's a huge show in Chicago. Oh, uh, Coach, uh, trust me. I know the restaurant show. I was in yeah. the retail business on Michigan Avenue in the city of Chicago for uh, about eight years. And, and trust me, the conventioneers were the best. We loved the conventioneers. And when the restaurant tours came in, yep. those people dropped thousands of the restaurant business must be good because when these restaurant owners, when they would come into Nordstrom, I would start talking to a guy. You know, we'd always, they want one shoe, we bring out four pairs. Well, I would bring out the four pairs and they would buy all four. What else you got? I was like, hell yes. It, all the, the, nobody drops money and spends money like people in the restaurant business. And then the doctors would come in with 10 times more money than them and those cheap sons of bitches wouldn't buy anything. <laughs> when these went on sale. Oh, then the lawyers would come in and they'd oh my goodness. The lawyers would either be ten times worse than the doctors, or they'd be like the high-end lawyer, and they would. I would bring out the four shoes, and he's like, "Why'd you only bring out four? I need like in every single color, blah blah blah." <laughs> but the restaurant tours, coach. I know the convention season, and there, there's some cheap. Over oh, the dentist convention came in. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the woman's shoe section went crazy, but not the men's section. <laughs> Uh, and, and I brought that up, of course, getting back to the hot dog. Apparently, at the restaurant association, Nathan's. Which is famous in New York, right? I think oh, they yeah, made a they, yeah they made, they made a brief attempt here in Chicago and it failed. But they're coming back at the restaurant show. They got a challenge to the Chicago dog, the Nathan's dog versus the Chicago dog. They're dressing it up like the Chicago dog. It's highly controversial. And uh, on behalf of all the Chicago dog owners in the city of Chicago, big dog, I personally am insulted by Nathan's attempt at the copy and the challenge. So isn't the fact like a Nathan's dog has like just like a dog with mustard and sauerkraut? That, so they're actually talking about like a Nathan, the meat of the dog, right? Yeah, they and say the they've got some secret ingredient that has the spice in the meat, so they don't need to dress it up quite as much as the Chicago dog because the spices is in the meat, which is a bunch of crapola. I, I, I have no idea, but I yep. really wish my dad was still alive because my dad, was a hot dog kind of sewer. He would go to every single hot dog stand in the city of Chicago. You know, like the nasty ones in the worst neighborhood you possibly could with, like, the chicken wire, uh, like, in front of the windows. My dad wouldn't care. He'd go right up there. And they'd be like, oh, my God, there's a white boy ordering a hot dog. He wouldn't care. He'd give me a hot dog with all the things. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. My, if my dog, dad saw a hot dog stand, he could have just ate at a hot dog stand. He would stop and go in. He would be, we need the ghost of Big Dog's dad to come in here because he would, this man knew his hot dogs, and if somebody, whenever anybody tried to say a New York dog is better than a Chicago dog, he would flip out. He he ended up he moved to Hawaii and opened up a a hot dog stand and sold hot dogs in Hawaii for like five hours a day. The reason why he did that was so he can wake up at seven a.m., watch the Cubs game. The Cubs game would be done by eleven a.m. He would go out sell hot dogs for like five hours and come back. That's, <laughs> he set his life up around watching Cubs games and selling Chicago hot dogs. Perfect job. And how mm-hmm. proud would he be now that his son has made it uh, semi-big in the radio world that his son has the nickname, The Big Dog? Yeah, well, he'd be all upset. He'd be like, well, you're supposed to. It's 
you don't need a, a bigger dog. You're supposed to fit in the bun so you can put all the fixes on top. But it, really, it would upset him. He was yeah. seriously the man had no leeway. <laughs> By the way, as a side note to the Buffalo dog, while I thoroughly enjoyed it, I must say at about two o'clock uh, last night in the middle of the night, my wife might have a different opinion of the Buffalo dog and the chili and the onion. You know, you know, there the are there are some I, after effects. I love my own brand. What about Elton Brand? I said, I love my own brand. Ah. little spontaneous combustion, Big Dog, from the Buffalo Dog. But I'm glad you like your own brand as long as you don't bottle it. But it's a Buffalo Dog. I don't, they have a Buffalo Burger, too, there, don't they? Didn't see that, but I think okay, you're right. That's what I thought they had, but maybe it's just yeah. a Buffalo Hot Dog. Yeah, the lady was trying to sell me. Oh, it's real healthy for you. You know, It's high in iron. I go, I got plenty of iron. What's the saturated fat? That's what I was important about. How, how's your iron, by the way? I don't mind getting too personal. See, I, you know, but you're right. You don't have to worry about the saturated fat. It's just the cholesterol because there's a bunch of stuff with no saturated no, no, fat, no. and there's a bunch of cholesterol in no, it. I got to like, worry about saturated fat. You also got to worry about the sodium. Eh, not me. Sodium, my blood pressure's all good. Yeah, but you don't realize the sodium in those things. I mean, it's it's pretty high. In the buffalo meat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but sodium is, is for blood pressure, not cholesterol. All right. Very good. Now that we've covered that, 888-463-6748. By the way, have you seen the video that's going around, Big Dog, of the ball girl last night at Wrigley Field? No, I, I, what happened? You have not seen that? No, I haven't. Apparently, it's a uh, they got the, the multi-camera shots now at uh WGN broadcast or Comcast, I forget which one. But the ball girl is seen uh, writing. She takes out a piece of paper, and she's writing something down. You can barely see it in the background because players are walking by. It's kind of in the background, but you can see her. She's sitting in the ball girl chair, uh, which is a whole other interesting situation. So, so, but Now, which one, the one behind home plate or the two that are down the sideline? I think it's the one behind home plate. Okay, because the, yeah. the one that bats on the batter side, and they go to each side every single at-bat. Yeah, and she's writing something down very astutely. You think, you know, maybe it's part of the job or something. But then, I don't know if it's the assistant clubhouse manager or whatever kind of comes over. And, again, it's all hard to see because the camera's not fixated on her. This is strictly background. you got people walking back and forth. But then she starts, you know, playing with the hair and kind of smiling as she's giving the note to the assistant clubhouse manager and you can tell there was a little flirtatious thing going on, and people are trying to figure out now, was she giving her phone number to a player, a fan? It was on the Atlanta Braves side. But it, okay. it appeared to be more than business being taken care of. At any rate, it's probably nothing, but it's kind of cute. It's kind of humorous, and uh, um, it is all over the Twitter and Facebook waves. I'm sure you'll be able to see I, it. I, I haven't seen it. Well, I guess yeah. I, you're right. I, I'm lost in the world, and I thought I'm seeing everything, and I'm seeing nothing at all. Very good. Totally nonsensical. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog, uh, as good as the Cubs game was. That's as bad as the White Sox were yesterday. They lose a doubleheader. Arrow pointing down now for the Sox. Hopefully they can turn it around, but they did lose a doubleheader to the Indian yesterday. 11 of their last 14, Arrow down. And Phil Umber was slammed around. I, I watched the game. Uh, that was I was home at, yesterday afternoon, and the the, in, the Indians were absolutely crushing the ball. There was no like little dribbler. Sometimes uh, a pitcher gives up a bunch of runs, and you look back and you're like, "Wow, he had some tough luck." No, they were laser beams out there. As a matter of fact, 
there was a foul ball that was uh, that was hit by Travis Hafner that was home run distance, and there was a, an extremely fat. And I don't. I'm sorry if I'm going to make anybody upset about this. This man was on the right field line out just by the foul pole, sitting in his chair, and this dude was about 400 pounds, and he was so fat he couldn't move, and it hit him in the shoulder. Okay, but he was 360 feet away, and he still couldn't move. And Hawk, like half jokingly, is like. If we don't get him out of there, he's going to get somebody killed. And there was a fan that got hit with a home run ball. That's how hard they were hitting the ball off of Humber yesterday. Of course, it was foul. That was, the, by the way, the funniest thing I saw yesterday. How could you be so fat that you can't get out of the way of a home run ball, Coach? <laughs> they showed the guy. I was like, ah! He had, like, his alligator arms up, and he got drilled right in the shoulder with the ball. Oh, my goodness, it was funny. That was, I mean, it was, that was the funniest thing I saw. I, I, I'm like, if you're that big, maybe you should be like, you know what? I couldn't even move. Six inches out of the way to get out of a ball that was coming at me 120 yards away. <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to body block it. Oh, my goodness. That guy's got – he was so fat that when the ball hit him in his shoulder, it really <laughs> sank into his arm. He'll have embedded scenes of all the way around the baseball in his arm. You know what I'm talking about, Coach? Yeah. Actually, from what I heard, Major League Baseball has re- requested his left pectoral and armpit. Possibly to, uh, you know, not the rest of them, just the pectoral and the armpit to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> no idea what the hell I'm talking about. More importantly, what is going on with you? Know, we saw it last year when Mark Burley pitched a perfect game and, I don't know, fell apart's not the right word for it, but definitely pitched poorly for the last third of the season after that. Phil Umber, big dog, great story, nice guy, gets the perfect game, and now three consecutive starts he has been pretty much in complete meltdown mode. What's going on? Yeah, uh, Burley got the, the perfect game two years ago. And yeah, and then uh, he, he slowed down. Last year, remember, Dallas Braden pitched one? And he didn't do anything after that. Now, uh, Roy Halladay, he's pitched a perfect game. It's been pretty good for him. So I, that I, I saw the perfect game thing, I think, is just you got to – you're just got to shrug your shoulders. How does Phil Lumber and how does Dallas Braden throw perfect games? I mean, you just don't expect that to ever happen. I, I can't explain it whatsoever. I don't think the guy's let down or anything like that. It's just I think the guy's a fifth starter in the Major League Baseball, and he, he pitched a great game one day. Mm-hmm. And now we're coming back to coming back to earth. But the White Sox better write the ship immediately yep. because uh, they're getting unbelievable relief pitching right now, Coach. That's not their issue. So if their starters can give them any type of of opportunity – their offense is starting to produce like you thought it would. Obviously, Beckham isn't giving them anything, and Morell isn't giving them anything. But Rios and Dunn are hitting, and Paul Canerco is Paul Canerco. So if the starting pitching for the Chicago White Sox can actually get their head out of their butt, the Tigers aren't as good as everybody thought they were going to be, and they can still win this division. But mm-hmm. Gavin Floyd goes up and down. He, he, goes, he gets really, really hot, so he better get really hot really soon because I don't expect Umber to get much better, and, you know, Danks is going to be good. He's not going to be great. It's, it's too bad. I think the White Sox almost gave up on the season, and now that it started, they realized, they probably realized they needed a better starting staff. Mm-hmm. I'm and, not sure, I mean, but the not, the not Matt Thornton fan club might mm-hmm. disagree with your analysis, especially of recent of the bullpen, because you're right, it's been pretty good, but last couple of days couple of blown saves. Uh, I don't know if you call it a technically a blown save yesterday, but Thornton gave up the big double in the eighth inning the day before he blew the game, so the not-Matt Thornton fan club might disagree with you, Big Dub. 
No, no, you're you're 100% right about Matt Thornton. But if everybody else in the in the bullpen's done a good job besides the two Santiago blown saves. Yep. I mean, think about in game one of the of the doubleheader yesterday, they pitched what six innings of shutout baseball to really fit. And they cut, I mean, the White Sox almost came back in that game. Everybody besides uh, Santiago and and Thornton have done a really really good job for the White Sox. Who's that kid? Austin Harden. What's the kid's name? He hasn't allowed a, a run yet. His whip is like point four. Oh. Why isn't he closing games for the for the Chicago White Sox? That kid is unhittable right now. Wait, what's his name? I'm not talking about Addison Reed. Well, yeah, Addison Reed. The kid hasn't yeah. allowed a he hasn't allowed a run yet this yeah. season. Well, he's the guy that the uh, White Sox are calling for the closer. They almost brought him in yesterday, but they uh, decided to yeah, go for Forget pers- closer. Whenever the three, four, five hitters of the other team are coming up, Addison Reed should be on the mound. Mm-hmm. I don't care when it is, eighth inning or ninth inning, he's the White Sox best pitcher right now mm-hmm. out of the bullpen. Good point. That leads us right into the baseball round him up, wrap him up. Got to get through baseball and get to a uh, little NBA basketball playoff action. More stuff off the sports page here on the two guys and a Mike show, big dog. And it's a good lead in because you talk closers and you talk the uh, slumping Detroit Tigers. They, they're not what they said they are. Um, it leads right into our first game of the baseball round him up, wrap up. And that's a Seattle three to two victory over the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers leading two to nothing. Jose. Valverde out, not able to. I think he's injured. They're closer, no, no, so they no, got no. He, he, he isn't injured. He has pitched three days in a okay. row, so they're like they're not pitching four in a row. So they had to but use just, Octavio Dotel and Dwayne Below. And after the blown save, you know what Chris Berman would nickname Dwayne Below. Below Dwayne, save. Dwayne Lookout Below. Uh, the two of them came in, tried to save the game, gave up three runs in the ninth inning, and Seattle comes back to win three to two. Big dog, been that kind of year for. The Tigers, a team that many people thought were going to win the World Series this year. Yeah, it, yeah and it's if you look at the, the Tigers' lineup, you look at their pitch, you look at everything, and you're like, wow, they should just be running away with the American League And then you, you, you do realize that you have to catch the baseball. Now, I, I just saw the highlights of that game. I don't know if that was an issue for them last night, but it was. They were up two nothing going into the ninth. Yep. And you know, instead of like bashing the the Tigers for not being as good as we we thought they would be this year. How about Jesus Montero in the in the Seattle Mariners? They have really taken a step up. Uh, they traded Pineda, that pitcher with a bad shoulder. I call that at the time. He's bad. Can't even pitch this year. Jesus Montero right now is one of the best young players in all of Major League Baseball. And I know Bryce Harper is getting all the hullabaloo, coach. But if you think about it, who would you who would you rather have? Would you rather have a 22 year old catcher? That could hit 310 with, with 35, 40 home runs a year and is great defensively or, or Bryce Harper. I mean, well, then again, Bryce Harper could be Mickey Mantle and I could be totally wrong on it. But the Mariner, he's got the, he got the walk-off, uh, game winner yesterday, Jesus Montero. So he's a, he's a stud that nobody knows about. Possibly American League Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. All right. So keep an eye on the Mariners. Make things interesting in the American League West. The, um, Anaheim Angels beat Minnesota eight to three. The key things there are Albert Pujols, uh, we didn't get to it yesterday, but he finally, finally, after 110 bats, hit a home run a couple of days ago. Yesterday, he got a couple of hits, a couple of RBIs, so it looks like he's back. And Francisco Liriano and the Minnesota Twins, Big Dog, what has happened to the magic there? Liriano 0-5, and the Twins, who used to have that extra edge, that little spark that kept them competitive, they got nothing going on right now. Yeah, it's so to anybody out there that's like, oh, yeah, he should have Tommy John surgery. You'll be better afterwards. Ask Francisco Lariano if uh, 
Tommy John surgery was good for him because ever since that, he went from there was no doubt for an 18-month period, for a year and a half, he was the best pitcher in the game of baseball. Like, statistically, he was, he was unhittable. Remember that time, Coach? And he had the surgery, and you're like, wow. I mean, I, I mean I've never even heard of the guy. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the season for the Twins, mm-hmm. like he, he was like 12-1 and with an ERA around like 1.2. Like, what the heck? It's like Sandy Koufax, but better. And, uh, yeah, then he had the blue of the elbow out, and he just yep. hasn't pitched the same since. Yep. Too bad. I hate to see young pitchers like that. Now, Steven Strasburg looks like he's been able to make the comeback, but Liriano has not, and you're absolutely right. He was just sizzling. I mean, just, uh, you know, just unhittable uh-huh. for a brief period of time for the Minnesota Twins. How about Texas beating Baltimore yesterday, 14-3? to It ended, uh, you know, Texas wins the game, and they're getting back in a row. But let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles, one of the real stories of the American League, if not all of MLB early on, Big Dog. Their five-game winning streak comes to an end yesterday. But how about the day before? We didn't talk about this yesterday. Chris Davis, a position player. Yes, I've been wanting to talk about this. Comes in and pitches, what, the last two innings of a 17-inning game, which the Orioles win on a three-run homer. Yeah, the the Orioles... Uh... They, they got to the point where all they had left was their closer. And so they had to put their closer in, and they were hoping that when you do that, since you're on the road, your closer has to pitch two innings. You don't like doing that. So they used the closer, and then they, they didn't score in the one inning, so then they knew they were like, oh, no, we're, we can't pitch them three innings. And at that point, they realized that they were going to have to put in a uh, position player to, to pitch in the game. And in the American League, your DH can lose the DH tag, and you can become the pitcher at that point. And mm-hmm. Chris Davis really had never pitched before, but he was throwing around 83. And if you, it just goes to show Carlos Marmol, they, they also need to take the tape of that guy pitching and put it into a video cassette and say, watch Carlos. This guy threw the ball over the plate. And even major league hitters had a hard time getting hits against a major league defense because the seven guys behind you are guys that are paid to catch a baseball. Isn't that amazing, coach? The guy was throwing strikes, and there was a bunch of hard hit balls. And some of the when he struck out Adrian Gonzalez, it was one hundred percent pure. Adrian Gonzalez was squeezing the bat so hard that he had no chance against the guy that he should have killed. You know what I mean? If he faced him a hundred more times, his batting average would be over six hundred, coach. In hundred, I think he pitched uh, two innings, gave up two hits, struck out two. And only yeah. walked one, and he shut him down and ended out getting the victory. What's so ironic about it, though, Big Doug, is Chris Davis, the DH, who gets the win as the pitcher. He had a horrible game as a designated hitter. He struck out five times, and he went 0 for 8 over the 17 innings. Oh, the irony. It's one of the worst hitting performances in the history of baseball. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, I honestly, think there's a couple people have gone like 0 for 8 and 0 for 9. Uh, Keith Hernandez one day, this is, could you believe this coach? Keith Hernandez <laughs> in a, in a, a doubleheader against the Cardinals when he was a Met with 0 for 8 with 7 strikeouts in a double play. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Day, I mean, Chris Davis had about as bad a day at the plate as you could ever want. But yeah, if you're, if you're a DH and your early May batting average takes an 0 for 8, if you can walk out of there with a W as yeah, a pitcher, that, I, I will take that every single time. Yeah, coach, that helps. Every time. That helped. Let that be a lesson to all the DHs out there. Learn how to throw 83 miles an hour and put the ball over the strike zone uh, just in case you're having a bad hitting game. A great story for Chris Davis. Nationally, 
Huh? Did you happen to see the Adrian Gonzalez strikeout, by the I way? I did coach? not. That, it, it was worth it because you're talking about one of the best hitters in baseball, and he looked absolutely <laughs> he was so frustrated. It was beautiful to see. All right, go ahead. Uh, New York Mets beat Philadelphia 5-2, to three-run homer in the top of the ninth off of Jonathan Papelbaum, who's been pretty good for the Philadelphia Phillies, but not yesterday. And help me out, Big Dog, uh, his first major league hit ever. you got to love this. Pinch hit, his first MLB hit ever, a three-run home run. Giordano Valdespin, is that the guy's name? No, I, I don't know. I I, I didn't see the name. I think so it's I gotta, I, pretty cool name, actually. Giordano Valdespin. I think that's how you announce, uh, how you pronounce it, but a three-run homer in his first major league at bat. So you got to love that. Uh, real quick, the Miami Marlins knocked off Houston. That's seven in a row on the road for the Miami Marlins, coached by your friend and mine, Ozzie, Ryan Gian. Well, it, it's, uh, it's really good to know that they're playing well on the road because that team needs uh, like home attendance. So maybe when they come back, someone will actually come out and watch that team. The Miami Marlins may end up being the biggest financial disaster in the history of baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, they're in trouble, serious, serious trouble. So it's good that they're winning on the road. And they're finally winning because Hanley Ramirez is no longer hitting a buck eleven anymore. Everybody's ripping on Albert Pujols. Well, Hanley Ramirez has been just as bad, and he was like the next generation superstar just let us know going down in Miami. So he's finally starting to turn around the last week. Yeah, but at least he can blame the fact that he's uh, you know learning a new position over at third base. Albert Pujols can't do that. But two great hitters, a matter of time, before they get going. Mm-hmm. All right, that uh, winds up the baseball talk. Big dog, we have a game in town tonight, 8.30 p.m., the tip-off. Very weird. you got an Eastern team playing a Midwestern team at 8.00. 30. I know you're well connected with TNT, and what are you when your people talk to their people? What was the explanation for the 8:30 tip off? Um, I I don't think they actually have an explanation for this particular tip off, except the simple fact is uh, is there a, there must be another basketball game on at six o'clock, right? Thank you for that in depth analysis, Joel Radwanski. I thought we might get some insight. Yeah, I'm assuming there's a game at six o'clock. I'm just yeah, that, curious. That's how they do that. Yeah, we're still in the playoffs. When fans like us that watch all the Bulls games, seven thirty-five, like we have to adjust the rest because everybody, the people that Johnny come lately, have to come in and, and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And and I and I mean this: if you're a Bulls fan, don't give up on this team. I, we, coach and I, we both realize that this team is not going to win the NBA title, and it definitely hurts when you had NBA title aspirations. But the, the fact is, you don't want the Bulls being a one seed losing to an eight seed, especially when it's Philadelphia. So it, it'd be really easy to give up. But if you're a Bulls fan and invested your whole entire season, don't not watch this game today because you're you're bitter about the fact that obviously this is a real bad luck end of the season for the Chicago Bulls. See red the rest of the season, no matter what happens. Okay, that I'm that's my uh, my plea to Chicago Bulls fans is I don't want us Bulls fans to be, like, the, the front-running type. I know that isn't happening a lot, but I have heard a couple, like, just gibberings around from people, and I don't like that at all as Bulls mm-hmm. fans. As Chicagoans, we always fight through all the way. Yeah, so we we do not want any jitterings. That is definitely for sure. Bulls taking on Philadelphia, 8.30 tonight, backs against the wall. Tom Thibodeau bringing out the coaching cliches, win one game at a time. All we can do is win the next game in front of us, of course. In this case, the cliche is correct. 
Big Dog, if the Bulls do pull out a victory tonight in front of a hopefully semi-rabid Chicago Bull crowd, what do you think will be the keys to at least the one-game turnaround? Who has to come through tonight? Uh, that's that's a great point, Coach. And the, I would have the first thing that's not to a great come point. Through, it's a great question. The great question is like, the, the, but like, like who and what is it? It's everybody without the ball, and we keep on saying that and stressing it. But the the, the the Sixers are playing extremely good defense, and since you don't have like your your uh, creator and your initiator of your offense, and if you don't have the basketball, work for your own shot. Work for your own shot. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. Very good. Now, uh, some uh, Bulls fans are saying Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know, maybe has to hit the desperation stage, and you call for a Mike James, who actually played pretty well when he filled in for the Bulls. He is rostered and available tonight. Randy Brewer has had some serious uh, quality time with his chair of late. Maybe they bring him off the bench, God forbid, or Brian Scalabrini. Do you think Thibodeau mixes up the rotation or sticks with pretty much the same? Uh, quite frankly, Thibodeau should bench Rip Hamilton and play Ronnie Brewer. Everybody talks about, oh, this team without without uh, Derrick Rose, blah, blah, blah. Let's say so when Derrick Rose was out, Ronnie Brewer was playing huge minutes in the regular season. Rip Hamilton didn't play in the regular season. All of a sudden, we have Rip Hamilton playing and Ronnie Brewer on the bench. It makes no sense to me. Rip is a backup. Hmm. No, I'm done with Rip Hamilton. The guy was hurt all year. Why is he getting so much tick in in, in this part of the season, especially when he's playing bad against Philadelphia? A lot of people are saying he's not playing enough, particularly in the fourth quarter. People are saying, I don't necessarily disagree with what you just said, but some of the criticism has been quite the the opposite, where, you know, why is Hamilton not in in the fourth quarter for paying him all that money? Well, forget about all that money. Uh, the Cubs are paying Alfonso Soriano $17 million a year, and they're actually hurting their franchise more by playing him instead of sitting him on the bench. You know, so Actually, if you think about it, Alfonso Soriano initiates the offense pretty well. When he drops the balls out there, he does initiate the other team's offense extremely well. <laughs> kind of has that point guard mentality. I, I'm going to say this right now, and I know you're not going to believe this, Coach. Oh. Uh, we'll get right back to the bull. Alfonso Soriano has played a very good defensive left field this season. Yeah, he actually has. So you know, yeah. so it's as. But let, let's face it; he, they didn't give him a hundred thirty-six million dollar contract to play a decent left field. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you got paid one hundred thirty-six million dollars yep. to score one hundred and ten runs and drive a hundred right. in a year. But that, you that are right. Though. To to be fair, without any predispositions of previous years, he's played a decent left field this year. You're absolutely correct. All kidding, semi aside. But, I, I love you, the, the Ronnie Brewer thing, Coach. That's the guy that I think is missing. And it, will, will it take Mike James to say, hey, if I don't have the basketball work, if I have the ball, I am not shooting. I want one of the four of you to create an opportunity for me to pass the ball to you for you to get an open shot. And if we see a bunch of bulls standing there, oh, I'm creating space so C.J. Watson can beat somebody off the dribble. Well, guess what? C.J. Watson will beat the guy off the dribble. Spencer Hawes will help, and then C.J. Watson will not be able to pass to the guy because he has no vision. So you have to get open. You have to get open. Are you the guy who coined the term Mike James, or was that somebody else? That was me. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Instead of Rick James. I, yeah. So. <laughs> Let me hear I want one, him, Coach. Let me hear I one Mike him. James from you. Mike James, bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. <laughs> 
888-463-6748. The phone number, any Bulls fans out there, you want to chime in? It is, uh, obviously, you know, the, the term must games are overused so often in playoff basketball, playoff hockey, obviously by mathematical proportions. This is a must game today, but you get a win here, big dog. Somehow you find a way to win. Maybe they can dig one out and fill it up. You bring it back into game seven, but they got to get it done tonight. Hopefully, uh, you know, we get some open looks for Luol Dang and, uh, Rip Hamilton, Kyle Corver, see if those guys can get open. I don't, you know, the defense is taking it away. You gotta, might just come back to good old fashioned setting some good screens off the ball. Yeah, and the Bulls should be more physical. It seems like in this series that people are getting away with, you know, blood and guts, and yeah, I'm with you. Put the bodies hit the floor, throw some screens. You're a, you're a mirror chic out there. Go out there and do something for your teammates. I mean, seriously. Spencer Hawes needs to end up on his back while he's playing defense because he has way too many open jumpers. I want him thinking out on the court. Okay, Coach, I, I'm with you. Now, here's a... We need Taj Gibson to the first half and not Taj Gibson to the second half of game number four. Taj Gibson to the first half was freaking like, oh, I'm a, I'm a free agent playing for a contract. You know, the second half, he was a guy that got paid big money and acting like he didn't need to do anything. Yep. So Yep, he has moments. And I'm not talking just one or two plays, but he has chunks of time mm-hmm. when he is just, you know, the wow. Absolutely wow. You think, why is this guy not only starting, not starring? And then there's time when he does look like a pretty good role player off the bench. But the bottom line is he's the least of the Chicago Bulls problems, Taj, uh, Taj Gibson. Now, uh, imagine imagine Tyrus Thomas has a real good teammate, and that's what Taj Gibson Yeah, is. that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. It's a good analysis. Similar good skill. Attitude. Similar skill set, but uh, a little more. The old noggin is tightened down a little, little, little straighter. In the case of a Tom Gibson, I still like Tyrus Thomas though. But uh, let me throw this negativity of thought out to you, Big Dog, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers shooting percentage is way down, and they're still beating us three to one. And you know, part of it, part of it is good Chicago Bull defense, but the other part is they're just missing open shots, and if the Sixers start to hit some of those shots, the Bulls got no chance. I hate to throw that in there, but I hate to see a team shooting a low percentage and still beating you. That's that's not good. That's, that's, that is a bad sign. There's no question. But it's not like the, the Bulls have actually uh, you know lit up the scoreboard either. And the, the Bulls have missed a, a quite a few open jump shots also. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it plays, it goes the other way too a little bit. So I, I agree with you. That the Sixers could hit they, the Sixers have missed a lot more open jump shots than the Bulls have, but the, both of them have done it. And you know, they're at home, no excuses. I know, I know Noah isn't going to play. He's most likely is not going to play. Uh, they got to figure something out at home. No excuses. One game, your season is down to one game at this point, and hopefully they can extend it one more. Are you a subscriber to the theory that so, uh, many people said during the regular season the Bulls without Derrick Rose? played with such energy and commitment, they played with playoff intensity, but now, and other teams didn't, but now come the playoffs, those other teams are raising their level to the energy of the Bulls, and by doing that, we were a little misrepresented is the wrong word, but we got a misinterpretation of how strong our team is without Derrick Rose, because now these other teams are playing at that level, and they're beating us. We, we we talked about it at the time, and I'm going to totally disagree with you because I do well, not. I didn't believe... say I agreed with that. I said some yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, my father. Of that of that statement of that uh, for the just the simple fact you just can't turn it on. Okay, like just the reason why I was complaining that Rip Hamilton, who played uh, like a 
what about I don't know how many games he played like full length the whole entire season, maybe like five where he was available for the whole entire game because he was in shape enough to play. Yep. And then all of a sudden you expected him to turn it on during the playoffs. No, that's garbage. That You can't do that, okay? Nobody just turns it on in the playoffs. Even the Bulls of the of the, the second three-peat, and they you know they used to put it on shutdown. They didn't put it on shutdown mode until, like, there was two games left in the regular season, if you know what I'm saying. They... Anybody's saying, oh, oh, this, they were already playing at a playoff notch. No, they weren't. Okay. And you just can't turn it on. That's, that's ridiculous. That's a, that's not what's happening. If Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah were playing for the Chicago Bulls, it would not be a 3-1 Philadelphia lead right now. Simple as that. Okay. And with that uh, prognosis, with that thought, hopefully, Big Dog, hopefully, we will talk, be talking about a Bulls victory and what they need to do to win game six tomorrow. If not, it's going to be White Sox talk for the entire show. It could be a long show tomorrow. And by the way, the Cubs are not putting it all on the line of the regular season. They're saving their effort for the postseason, Coach. All right, there it is. Big Dog, have a great day, my friend. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com. We're back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Have a outstanding day.